and was checked. The puck sat there for a moment. Now York is shot. Score! Ken York's first in the natural. And it's 2-1 Philadelphia. Episode 90 of the Liberty L. Danny Deemer here with Chris Stalbo. As always, how are you, buddy? I'm conflicted. Because <laughs> they're winning games. Erson comes in. He's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Morgan Frost is still going crazy, although he slowed down a little bit, but that's to be expected. It's I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to feel, dude. It's like every like they're giving you fun hockey games to watch, but you don't want fun hockey games to watch. You want losses, so it's it's a tough tough spot to be as a fan. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, and I would say conflicted is probably the good word to use because, like you said, obviously the the main goal this year is to finish as worse as possible because they're not gonna make the playoffs and grab a guy in this draft, but at the same time, you look at what Tortorello has done through the first 30-something games of this season, uh, and it's, I mean, it's noticeable. You can definitely look at a couple, I mean, Noah Cates, Morgan Frost, like you mentioned, Owen Tippett, Travis Konechny, we'll get into him, uh, I mean, Sam Erson, I mean, there have been a ton of young guys that you can look at on this scene that Tortorello has really, really, really helped with, and... Um, I mean, Morgan Frost is the last 18 games. He's second on the team in points with five goals, nine assists, 14 points in those 18 games. Uh, that's second right behind Konechny, who has 10 more points. I mean, he's just been – he has 14 goals in his last 18 games, Konechny. Like, that is absolutely fucking insane. And, I mean, we'll, we'll get into him later. But, yeah, I mean, there are a ton of guys that you can look at that Torrella has helped with. And I think that's the main message of this season. Like, let's lay a foundation – Let's get a couple of these guys going in the right direction. Draft somebody good this year. We have Cutter coming up. Zamola, York. Uh, There is sort of a light at the end of the tunnel, but, I mean, it's slowly getting there. And like Tortorella said, it's going to be a process kind of thing with this team. So I'm seeing the process happening. That's all I have to say. It's slowly seeping through the cracks, if, if you will. Yeah, I guess it's just I didn't want wins this soon, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and against the teams that like you would have liked to lo- like would have yeah. liked to have lost against, you know. But I mean, that Arizona game. I mean, Frost has eight points in two games against Arizona. He seems to to enjoy playing against them. But the last time we talked was uh, December twenty eighth, right before the West Coast trip to San Jose. Then they went to L A. and then the Ducks. And we won all three of them. <laughs> 4-3 against San Jose, 4-2 against the Kings, and then 4-1 against the Ducks. And then obviously we just beat uh, Toronto 6-2 and then lost to Toronto. Uh, I mean, not Toronto. We beat Arizona 6-2 and then lost to Toronto 6-2. And then recently Buffalo 4-0. But, I mean, last time, since last time we've talked, man, they've looked good. Like, <laughs> really good. It's, it's, it's annoying It's what it is. Like, that Kings game is what, what killed my hopes. That Kings game is, is what killed all my hopes of, like, a top three. It really did. I was like, they just beat the Kings. I was like, the Blackhawks aren't doing that. Yeah. The Blackhawks cannot beat the Kings. Did seem like, kind of like a dagger, didn't it, when it happened? <laughs> like, Yeah, uh, well, especially coming off of that, like, 3-1 comeback against San Jose, like, yeah. the night before. Like, yeah, that felt like a total backbreaker to the tank. But it's unhealthy for me to just sit here and, like, be a little piss baby after every win, so... It yeah. is what it is. Yeah, I mean, and that's a good point to make. Like, I'm not going to sit here and and genuinely get mad at wins because at the end of the day, I mean, it is good for the foundation that you're trying to set. And it's not like they're getting these wins off the back of Carter Hart like they were in the beginning of the season or Kevin Hayes just still scoring at a point per game rate, which we all know would never be sustainable. It's not. It's it's, it's young guys stepping up. Noah Cates had probably his best game of his career. Uh, last night against Buffalo. I mean, he was absolutely unreal last night. You have Konechny, who's just been a star all season. Frost, who, I mean, he's been really, really good. It's just, again, you can point to a lot of young guys as the reasons why we're winning games right now. And I cannot be upset at that. I, I can't. I guess yeah, I won't Especially without, like, Atkinson, Couturier, yeah. Ellis. Like, I was just saying that to my dad the other day. I was like, this young young team is winning games. Like, I can't be bitching. Like, can't. I really can't. You can't. I mean, dude, Morgan Frost is second on the team in points in the last 18 games. If you would have told me that back in beginning of November and say that Frost would be looking like an NHL player game after game, an effective NHL player like you texted me a couple of days ago, like, oh, damn, dude. Like, is Frost an actual effective NHL player now? Like, has he finally arrived? And I think he has. Like, he has that NHL confidence now. And we're finally starting to see the points roll around. 14 in his last 18. 
it's nice. It, it's real nice to see, especially with this like shit of a season, which we all saw coming. Um, and then obviously the cutter stuff is is nice to see over there in the World Juniors. Hopefully, Farabee begins to roll a little bit, which he has, which he has. I mean, oh, Farabee sure. has been good in his last three, four games. Like I think he was a a talking point last time we hopped on here, but uh, he scored last night against Buffalo. He had uh, a goal against Arizona and then uh, a goal and assist against the Ducks. So he has five points in his last five games. So turn things around. My thing with him and like. I really noticed it when Derek said it one day was like, it's just aggressiveness. Like you want to see him a guy with a shot like that. You want to, you want to see him want to use it. Mm-hmm. Like he's in a position. You want to see him want to rip the puck because yeah. he's that good at shooting, but he seems a little hesitant at times. And But as soon as he flips that switch and starts shooting, like they go in, dude. Yeah. I think hesitance, the right word. I mean, with fair, you kind of want him to play the straightforward game. Like he can dangle and, and deke. Like we've seen him do that before, but his game is more of straightforward. I'm going to take the puck right in your face and shoot it. And he needs to do that more. Like you said, he needs to be more aggressive. And we've kind of seen that from him lately. But, I mean, he can... It, it, it was weird with him because of the injury to start the season. And the fact that, like, I mean, he didn't miss training camp. But he wasn't a full go contact-wise in the beginning of training camp. And that does mean something. So, obviously, you got to be a little bit more patient with him. And we, and we have said that before, like, going into this season. We're going to kind of give him not a complete, like, hall pass, but kind of a, okay, we'll give you, like, a couple, maybe a month or something to kind of get back into game shape. And it seems like he's uh, finally starting to get back there, at least points-wise. I mean, he's looked good. Do you happen to have Cam York's stats handy? I mean, York has been – I'm pretty sure the last uh, – I think it was two games ago. I don't know if it was against Toronto. Yeah, against Toronto two games ago is when he broke his point streak because he had a three-game point streak going from the L.A. Kings game to the Arizona game with all assists. But uh, he has, what's he have? One, two, three, five in his last eight, I believe. So, I mean, he's another guy who has looked good since coming up and could possibly cement himself as a top-four defenseman on this team. And then that kind of, like, rolls us into the Provorov talk, I guess. Because of I mean, me and you have been sitting on this podcast for how long, Danny? Saying there's too much money wrapped up in this mediocre-ass defense. You have York coming. You have a guy like Zamula who could be playing NHL minutes right now if you wanted him to. It's the, the, the shoe has to drop at some point, right? Bro, the defense scares me. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, we talk about light at the end of the tunnel and like looking forward to like building for next season. Like For me, I always, as a fan, go back to that defense. And I'm like... How the fuck are we going to be a contender with that? With all that money wrapped up in that? It's true. It's not good enough. It's really not. I agree. No, it's really not. It's something that has to be addressed. And, and it's it's so overpaid for, for the level of play that they put out, the amount of money that they make. Like, the ratio is awful from, like, value to, like, production. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but you get what I'm trying to say. Like, it's terrible compared to, like, their other – like, find another team that has that much money wrapped up in defense. And let me see the names. Let me let me see what kind of defense. See, like that's the thing. the The teams that have that much money wrapped in the defense has a true number one that doesn't have to have the exact partner to be a true number one. Like we heard what Elliot Friedman said on his podcast about this whole Provorov thing, and if you haven't heard it, it's on our Twitter. Go there um, and listen for yourself. But it was basically just Elliot kind of throwing out the Provorov rumor and how. Maybe it's just time to move on and how he isn't the player that they thought he was going to be here and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know who his co-host is um, by name, but uh, I listened to like a 10 seconds after Elliot stopped talking and then he brought up, his co-host brought up, oh, maybe one thing is he doesn't have the right partner over there in Philly. Niskanen retired. And I'm so tired. Like, he can have his opinion, and obviously he's entitled to it, but I'm so tired. It's a lazy opinion. So It's it's the national yeah. view on the Provorov situation opinion. You know what I, that is? It's the, Kevin Hayes is a point-per-game player, and Tortorella benched him. That's, that's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah. You guys don't watch the Flyers. I'm so tired of giving Ivan Provorov the excuse of he has to have this – exact partner to make him yeah. good. Like, it's such bullshit. It like, makes dude, me laugh. Like, how old is he now? I mean, 26. He's a man now. 
25, 26. Like he, he it, should be the guy elevating other people. Exactly. Like, and the main thing that Elliot was trying to say was they thought he was going to be this number one. I mean, he, he is a minute minute eating defenseman. There's no doubt about yeah. it. On paper, for the Flyers, he's technically yeah, he's the number one, but he's not a true one. I know what you're saying. Yeah, he's not a true number one. He doesn't make anybody else better. He needs that exact partner to elevate his game to be that number one that you want. Like he can be. A good number one with a very good partner, but in order for him to be that, something else has to happen, and that's not a true number one. So his name, uh, Sandheim's name, are, are definitely two guys that are in the mix. But if I mean, if you have common sense, you look at it. They just re-signed Sandheim. They just committed to him, so they're probably not going to trade him. So then you, I, obviously, all the attention goes to Provorov and. I mean, at the end of the day, do I think this happens? No, I don't. I think it's all just rumors that are but, popping up. But we up. do always say on this podcast where there's smoke, there's fire, and that's about yeah. like the fourth article I've now seen about like Provrov attitude issues. I from think different it was, sources. Yeah, I think it was. Oh, what did I see on Twitter? Something about how he's tired of fact. Like back when AV was here, he was mad at the fact that they were playing like '70s hockey, like dump and chase and stuff like that. But, I mean, he's never, like, been, like, a guy who stepped up and addressed the room or addressed the media with his frustrations. He's always just... He's kind of just there. Kind of seems like a guy who's just, like, sitting back waiting waiting for a trade or something, to be honest with you, dude. You don't hear much from him, but... He definitely doesn't seem as invested as he did in the past. Like, before, he seemed like he used to, like, go to war for this team. It doesn't, like, feel that way anymore. It doesn't. And you're definitely right about that. And a team that has been popping up about like linking Provorov to are the LA Kings because they have center depth, which obviously the Flyers are looking for right now. And they have right-handed defenseman prospects. Obviously, Brant Clark is the big prospect that everybody would look at right away on the defensive side. Obviously, the center prospect that you would look at is Quinton Byfield. Um, I don't think either two of those guys would be on the table for the Kings. I think they're going to like try to give us a guy like Alex Turcott, they were talking about uh, today. Uh, I saw it get thrown around in our group chat. I'm not too crazy about that. I would try. Obviously, me and you talked about it before we hit uh, record on like a potential connecting trade, and if we believe Chuck Fletcher would be able to get back what we actually think they're yeah. worth. And I, I think that's where all my hesitancies come yeah. from as far as a trade goes, because like like I said, if, if we got like the dream like package or like a great package back, like I'm all game. It's just I've seen with this guy in particular. Like, it's always a big buildup and then a very disappointing trade package. Yeah, I mean, you can look at the, he's, he's traded away Jake Voracek, Shane Gossespierre, and Claude Drew. And, like, what do we have to show for it? Shane Gossespierre trade, he had to give picks away. I understand he was on waivers the year before, and we've used that excuse. I still stand by that. Like, there's nothing yeah, he could have done. Then he went out and signed Ristolainen. Yeah, you know? then, yeah, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> the Voracek trade, Agatston's a good player, but he hasn't played this year and then the drew trade i mean the the first round pick in 2024 is nice hopefully Tippett can solidify himself as a top six guy but i mean you really don't have anything to show for those trades and it's pretty sad considering the the time excuse me i'm very sorry uh the time that these got those guys that i just listed spent here and like how vital they were to those years that they were here um, and to like to think that like that's all we got back for all three, like Simmons, Warcheck, Sim, uh, Drew, and Ghost, and we only like this is what we have. So it's, yeah, his timing was so piss poor on all of them. All of them. So I don't blame you, and I don't blame any other fan for having qualms about not wanting this GM to make the trade. Like, I don't. I mean, I've said it before on our Twitter account. I don't blame anyone who's sitting here and being like, "Yeah, these trade rumors are fun to listen to." The possibilities of shaking things up defensively and bringing in a, a young center prospect who can get playing time is fun. But I don't trust the fucking guy that's the GM, and that's the bottom line. People do not trust this guy uh, at all. I mean, his best trade is thirty um, something year old Matt Niskanen. That uh, that's the, probably the trade you. I mean, or maybe Damn, in the Ryan right. Ellis. I mean, you can't. Point at the nah, Ryan Ellis trade. Niskanen, you're right. It's the yeah, Niskanen. I mean, maybe it's awful. Can you count the the Hayes trade if you're going to consider like longevity and like the points that he scored on the team? Like he traded for Hayes's rights. He signed them. Uh, Hayes has been like a two C three C for this team. Nah, Is I can't Hayes count the best? It. Nah, I can't. I can't yeah. count that because it's he Niskanen. Used, 
because that Hayes doesn't even fit our timeline at this point in time. Like he was never did. Part of the, yeah, and honestly, never did. But never he was did. Like a, a desperate move to like, like I said, salvage the Giroux era. Like they were like, oh, Nolan Patrick can't play, so we we desperately need a two C. Frost isn't ready, so like they went out and desperately oh, got yeah. Hayes, oh, and then man. within like a year and a half, shipped Giroux out and just left Hayes there to chill. So like then again, like going back to what I was saying, I I don't blame you for not wanting this guy to touch this team anymore which is like we talked about on the last pod all these stuff that we've talked about with oh he's gonna go is he gonna get let go blah 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 is he just gonna resign out of his gm role we've heard nothing about this other than fans complaining like i generally don't think this guy is on the hot seat i don't think he's he's the most untouchable man in the city the most untouchable man in the city i swear to god what does he have against dave scott and Comcast, what 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 does this guy know, Danny? Dude, I I honestly I fear <laughs> for what that answer might be because it's got to be something bad. But either that or he just has like insane charm. Like he gets in the room with <laughs> Dave Scott, he's just feeding him sweet nothings that like Dave just loves to hear. We've missed the playoffs for three years straight. Team is a laughing stock too. It's not even like. Like, oh, they, like, barely missed. But, like, oh, they're a scrappy team. And it was like, oh, we'll be back next year. It's like, no, it's like th- like three dumpster fire seasons. Yeah. After you took over the team that had the top five prospects pool in the league, cap space, Claude Giroux, Shane Goss is fair. And I'm not saying Ghost is a good player. He's still a nightmare on his own end. But the point is, this guy took over a team that was in a good position. It was in a position to make that next step. And it was all about who could come in here and, and execute that plan correctly. And this guy came in here and might have executed this quote-unquote plan, if you can even call it that, probably worst that anybody could have came in here and, and anybody. executed it. Me anybody. Just locked into a better one. Like, we my really little could've. sister could have could have ran the Flyers and maybe locked into, like, Seriously. nabbing, like, Trevor Zegers or something. Patrick Lyonet from the Jets, maybe that one. Yeah, I don't know, something. Like... <laughs> Instead of just these boring, terrible moves. Like, no one's getting excited to watch Kevin Hayes, bro. Ryan Ellis has played four games in a Flyers uniform. Like, you got fleeced bad. Nashville is cracking up right now. I guarantee it. They're like, I don't know how he passed that physical. They are dying right now. (laughs) And I hate always going back to the, the bubble season, but the point that you made on probably episode 70 something about how. Chuck Fletcher's additions to that playoff <laughs> team were those two guys, and I don't mean to shit on those two guys, but that I mean, looking back on it with like twenty twenty hindsight, your team was riding extremely good shooting percentages, basically luck. Like they weren't a good team, and they got exposed in the playoffs when they finally versed a, a, a decent team. But like Chuck Fletcher went into that playoffs adding nothing. And that, looking back on it, is so telling to me. Like, you thought that that team was those two players away from making a splash in the playoffs. You didn't think to go out and maybe grab a Pajot or somebody else. It just, I don't know. It's just really telling looking back on it. And I know you can look back on a lot of things and and, and butcher a lot of GMs for the shit that they do. But that is just something that's always stuck in the back of my head. It's just always been like, the last time this, this team was anywhere close to a playoff spot. Your exciting additions that Philly was so ready for. I haven't been that excited about Flyers hockey in so long, man. I was such, it was oh, such yeah. a good time. And those were the two additions that like, we got hit with. I remember being at work at trade deadline time, checking my phone uh, every 10 minutes. And that's the, those are the two notifications I got. Like, if you think about the narrative around that, it was like up until that trade deadline, like for the last two weeks, everyone in the fan base, every beat writer, even like the players were like, we earned this. Like, this core finally, like, after years of failing, earned, earned the right for you to go out there and get them a guy to go on a run with. And it felt like that he just did that for the sake of doing it and just got anybody. Like, he basically just got two NPCs and was like, hey, here you go. I told you I'd get you some guys. You earned yeah. it. And it's like, it just felt, that's how it felt to me as a fan. It, it felt just so half-assed. He did it as, like, fan service. It's like, hey, look, we did get somebody. Like, we are buyers at the deadline. We are going to compete when it was like, it just all fell food games. I mean, as a fan, if that makes you feel the way you do, how do you think the players feel? Like, how do you think G or Voracek or any of the Provorov or Hart, any of those guys felt like, hey, 
They, I mean, like you said, Chuck came out and said this team deserves a couple of additions. They, they've earned it. He said that his own words. And then you turn around, and I'm not saying like obviously they're not going to shit on those two players that came in, but it just it's not a secret that they are not the most exciting players in the world. They're not two players that I would like to go into a playoff. Uh, a potential playoff run with it's just I don't know that was, that, that that was the main thing that's always just crept into my yeah. mind. When he was too about scared it. to put the chips on the table, man. To yeah. me, like as a fan, if, if like that hesitancy to give up those picks right there tells me that you didn't believe in the team to win. You wanted those picks because you didn't believe in the team to win. Which, like looking back on it, did he make the right decision? <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, but at that time, we were so starved, yeah, 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 and we just... were eating that up, man. We were the hottest team in hockey. We were like the first in the metro for like a week, but like, still got up there in like March or whatever. February until COVID hit, we were easily the hottest. Like for a good month and a half, we were the probably the best team in the league. It was so much fun too. Yeah. They were really like the, good. Like we, we definitely deserved that. We deserved. A better depth piece. But, and honestly, it's a sad day when, like, like we talk about a, a potential Konechny trade. Like, I would feel safer with, a, like, Ron Hextall making that, like, 100% yeah. any day of the week. And that's sad, dude, because I shat on Ron Hextall for years and still will. <laughs> I still think he's terrible. I think he's going to destroy Pittsburgh. But it's a sad day when I would rather him be the guy making this trade. Yeah, I mean, you can obviously point at Hextalls, and he has his faults, but I don't think he's anywhere close to as bad as... As Chuck's been. Like, Chuck's drafts are still to, uh, to be determined. Hextall obviously if, has his misses, but... If Hextall, like, actually decided to go all in, I wonder what, like, what happened. Like, instead of just, like, oh, the JVR, and, like, oh, we're still gonna lose Dale Weiss, this and that. Like, if he actually tried to take a step around the time when they fired him, I wonder what would have happened. Yeah. I wonder if he would have done that successfully, because he did do it in L.A. He, he did, did. He did help do it in L.A. It's just I I wonder what he's going to do. But with I'm definitely Pittsburgh. not defending the guy. Don't 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 take it as that. No, he definitely doesn't deserve that. But no, I'm I'm curious to see what he does, what he ends up doing in Pittsburgh because did kind of hammer down on that on that core of Latang, Malkin, and and Crosby. Um, obviously prayers of Latang what he's dealing with this year. That guy has gone through a ton. But very interested to see how that ends up and. Like you said, if he ends up destroying that franchise after Crosby and after Malkin, which would be great. I, I'm so sick of that horn. I'm so sick of those fans. I'm so sick to see that franchise in the playoffs. Those white towels. I'm so over it, dude. It's, yeah. it's not that we're coming with a vengeance or anything. <laughs> not Gauthier. yet, at least. But, oh, Gauthier. We'll get Gauthier into him. Crystal. Uh, right now, we can get into Let's talk a little Erson. Uh, Sam's been good. First career shutout last night against Buffalo. 4-0-0 on the season in five games played. 2-3-0 goals against average and a 9-2-4 uh, save percentage. So so you know for years on this podcast, I've joked and been like, goalie factory. And it's, like a, it's, like a, it's a play on the um, the Eagles QB factory joke. Yeah. But like, bro. Is it true? Like, is this team elite at drafting goalies? Because Fedotov, dude. And Kolosov. Do you see what Kolosov's doing in the, in, in the KHL right now? Isn't there someone else as well? Uh, Kolosov is our recent draft pick. And he's been tearing up the KHL for the last two, three seasons, I believe. It's a goalie fact. Fedotov, obviously, we're, he's dealing with his situation. And I see people bitching, too. I see people like, oh, my God, like, like heart, this, that. Like, is it time to try heart? And then I see other people that are like, calm down. Like, like guys, stop overreacting. Like, this is a good thing. It's a this good is... thing to have many goaltending assets. Like, these things are rare. And if you have many of them, yeah. these things are valuable, man. This is really are you valuable. Me? This is a beautiful position to be in if we have multiple stud goalies. I mean, he was fantastic last night, and I'm talking about Erson. Like, he is extremely agile, fast from post to post. He's just a really fun goalie to watch. Like, obviously, I, I don't know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about goalies because it's just not a position that I was good at growing up. It's not a position. Only 200 people know how to talk goalies properly. <laughs> yeah, so that's I, – I try to steer away from, like, the technical – like, talk, trying to talk about, like, what he's technically doing because I generally don't know. I, I, I know butterfly goalies. I know hybrid goalies. Like, it's just – it's not my thing. I used to sing when I used to have to goalie in hockey growing up. Uh, it just – I just couldn't say concentrated, but what do they do with this goalie situation, Danny? Because you still have three of them on the roster. Uh, Sandstrom is not waiver eligible, so if you send Sandstrom down, teams are going to have their picks at it. Erson is waiver exempt, so you can send him down without worrying about anything, but 
you don't want to send him down with what he's been doing. So it's just a really weird situation they're in right now. Yeah, I didn't even know those like certain stipulations of that. That definitely does make it very interesting. Oh, now you know. Yeah, so that, that's a, that's the thing I kind of wanted to get into because it's I don't know. I'm, I, 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 I obviously you don't want to lose Sancho. So I think at the end of the day, I would probably fall back on just send Erickson yeah, down. I, I think you have to just just for big picture. Like, yeah, there's no reason to like just force like the hot hand right here for like, you. Just make the paper move. And the Phantoms have been playing well, so him going down there and playing almost every day for them wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for him and his development. And to get Sandstrom some more, some more games up in the NHL would be nice too, which I I mean, I don't know if Torts likes him too much. I, I don't know what's going on with that entire situation because... Dude, you were on to something with that because as soon as Erson entered the rotation, it seems like he gets a lot more play, doesn't he? I don't remember the last time I've seen Sandstrom. Let me go look to see what his last start was because I generally don't remember. And and the the uh, the Twitterella quotes about Arison. December thirteenth was his last start against Colorado. Yeah, that kind of tells you, that kind of tells you a lot. And he's still on the roster. Like he's not like he's in the AHL. Oh, how about or... Carter Hart not speaking to the media the other day? Did you see that? Yeah, apparently he stood next to somebody for a couple minutes and waited and then just left or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do he was upset with himself for the team or both. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to read into it too much, but it's the kind yeah, of thing. unlike him, you know. He's yeah. usually like a like a chill dude. Like even if he has a terrible game, he still faces the media and he says everything. Didn't Torch do that in in the beginning of the season, like after a Columbus game, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Everyone was freaking out too. As if there's been multiple times this year where Torch has just had. The media people in a blinder. I know. As if you didn't know what you signed up for <laughs> when Tortorella took the fucking job. I don't like, understand. This is tame people. Tortorella. This is tame Tortorella. Yeah. Like, I saw a clip of him asking a reporter, like, have you been in a fight before? You know what I mean? Like, dude, he's not doing that here. Dude, he's been doing this since I was a fucking, uh, like, a literal seed, bro. Like, yeah. I was born in 1999. He has been he's been in the league coaching since then. Like, it's not, it's not a shock to the system. That Tortorella is the way that he is. Like, he's not going to talk about why a player didn't talk, uh, didn't play in the third period. I mean, they, they they asked him about Tony the other night when Tony didn't play um, after the first shift of the second period for the rest of the game. He goes, "You guys know I'm not going to talk about it, but you continue to ask me the same shit that happened with the whole the Hayes benching. How he didn't explain how he he benched his quote unquote point per game player. He said, "I know. I mean, he said, I know you you guys know I'm not going to talk about it. So why do you insist on it? It's just it, I don't understand. You know what this guy is. He's been doing it for decades. I don't understand." Some people. I really don't. What I don't honestly get about the media either is, like, when he does stuff like that, that is a bigger story, a more entertaining story than the game. Like, to me personally, like, if there's an article, like, Tortorella talks about Sandheim's mishap against the Sabres, or there's an article, Tortorella explodes on reporter post, I'm clicking the Tortorella explodes on reporter post, you know what I'm saying? Like, that is a bigger story, that gets more engagement, I get it's, like, not fun in the moment to have your question rejected and shot down, but, like, that kind of answers your question. Like, if you ask him something, like, how did you feel about that Sandheim play? And he goes, oh, that's a stupid question, like, it speaks for itself, like, that's the story. I don't know. That's kind of how I feel. Maybe it's a naive way of thinking about it because I'm not in the room asking questions, but that's a story in itself that the coach was so pissed off that he didn't want to speak to the media. That's interesting. Like, people are clicking on that. At the same time, do you think it's sad that the coach is the vocal point of story surrounding the team? Like, I I, I, I know it's a shitty season, and obviously it wasn't going to be a lot of stories centering around this team, but (laughs) it is sad that, like, this guy is probably the best source of – fun and like you said stories that you can click on and actually like have fun reading that is going to come out of this season and it's sad like i don't have a, a star or like anything like that it's, it's yeah, just, he's 90 percent of the marketing without a doubt he is it's him and gritty right now that's what we've talked about in the group chat before this team doesn't have anything to market right now you could argue connect me but again with him like, i love what he's doing right now i mean he's on a hundred point pace right now which is not going to happen but i mean the way he's playing currently is absolutely fucking unreal yeah, but I but mean, he's, he's definitely st- like like i said earlier he definitely he has not even eclipsed like couturier status of like even though couturier has no. been injured to me it's still couturier's team 
but going back to it, like Konechny is the one guy that maybe you could argue over hard that you could market on this team right now. But even then, you're like, I don't know. Yeah, that's slim pickings, though. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Like you're forcing it, kind of. Yeah, like, like on yeah, a, it's not. No one's jumping out at you on a Stanley Cup winning team. He's a he's a really really good second line winger. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I look at Konechny. I'm not hating on him or anything no, like I feel that. It. That's fair. It's just, uh, it's just, I want to market a star. I want to market a number one defenseman. I want to market a number one winger or a number one center or something like. You know what I mean? It's just they don't have anybody right now, so it's gritty and torch. That's what we get. That's what you get, Danny. Ninety percent of the fan base hates Frost too. So like, if he does anything gross and it gets tweeted, it, it just gets met with any sort of resentment. But, which, by the way, I love the fact that like, and I knew this was gonna happen. But, like, what? going into the year, it was like, he's a career AHLer. He starts lighting up. But it's the Coyotes. <laughs> Has one scoreless game against, like, a good team. It's, See? oh, my God, where is it against the good team? Where It's like, dude, you guys, I'm gonna, you guys are sad, dude. Yeah. Give it a rest. Just give it a rest, man. You guys aren't doing any other prospect like this. I, I don't hear any of this about Wade Allison. I don't, I, like, Noah Cates, like, you guys are being really patient with Noah Cates. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Noah Case has been really good recently, man. Like last night, uh, another thing you got to tip the cap to Torts to, dude. Like he's yep. just, he knows how to like push the right buttons, man. Like I said, eight, last eighteen games, second on the team in scoring is Frost. Tip it to sixth with eleven and eighteen. Cates is ninth with nine and eighteen. Uh, I mean, Cam York, look at Cam York, eight in his last fourteen games. One goal, yeah, he, seven assists. Like you said, he was on like a little sneaky point streak right yeah, there. Where he, was. he was just getting an assist every night. It felt let's, like. let's talk about York real quick let's, for a good five minutes, maybe. There's been a lot of talk about him on the on the timeline. Lately. A lot of talk. I mean, and he, the talk with him can stem into the Provorov rumor talk because he's one of the reasons that the talk of you can't do anything with this mediocre defense always came up because this guy is so silently and quietly good. You know what I mean? It's just when he's not having a two, three-point game or, or scoring a nice highlight real goal, he's still doing things defensively and in his own zone subtly, subtly that not everybody catches, but if you're looking, it's just so fun to watch, man. Like the way he can quickly saucer a pass behind his own net into the corner on his teammate's stick six inches uh, it's like six feet apart it's beautiful to watch like the soft little passes he can put on pucks to get the puck quickly out of his zone his his vision the, the spin moves he makes his stick work is getting better as the years are going on he's just he's so quietly good sometimes that people don't notice like when he's not scoring a goal you're like, oh maybe a little off game for cam York. nah he was no he, he's doing things on the ice other than scoring you know what i mean with him, do like one word that I use to describe is like presence. Like yeah. he, he just has like a, a swagger about him, a calmness to him that's very noticeable, and we noticed it first development camp we saw him in. I mean, like he got drafted, got on the plane, with the skate center like two days later, and he's mm-hmm. st- like we, our takeaway from that camp was like he, he almost has like a like a team in an esque like swagger to him. The way he moves the puck, the way he's calm, he's like silky smooth. His decisions are right. Yeah, just an and, extremely calm demeanor. You know. Yeah. But I will say about the defense, it is kind of sad that we, we're looking at a guy like him, young guy, ELC, to, to be like the step up, be the number one when we've paid five other guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that, that just tells you everything about the organization right there. And when we go into the trade deadline talk, which we will eventually get into, a guy that always pops into my mind that not a lot of people are talking about right now, Tony D'Angelo. Now, like, that's a guy... He's not Tortorella's favorite. Mm-mm. He's on a reasonable contract. You're going to have to move one or two of these defensemen when you shake things up eventually. And he could probably bring you back some, something better than what you gave up for him. I, 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 you could get maybe a second for him. Maybe. So I think he could be a guy that if he continues playing... I mean, he has 13 in his last 14... So if he continues just playing the way he has, and just continuing not uh, continuing to be in towards his doghouse, maybe he's a guy that pops up on the trade uh, deadline market. So something to keep an eye on, in my opinion. 
knowing the Flyers, like they're obviously, and I've said this before, they're they're not going to go in a multi-year rebuild. At least not like publicly say that. Like I guarantee, like they're seeing this, like they're seeing these young players compete, and they're like, oh, how can we get right back in the next oh next gosh. season? You know what I'm saying? Oh I, I know that's you know that's the conversation in the room. Like you just know it. They're, oh, they're almost a 500 team, and like all of our best players are injured. Like what happens if uh, like we get some healthy players? You know what I'm saying? I know that's the conversation. <laughs> Danny, that honestly just made me want to cry, to be honest with you, because that's what well, that's what we've heard for the last decade. I feel like, just how can we squeak back into mediocrity with two, three good players? Not great, so, but good. But to your point about D'Angelo, you're right. Like they're, they're probably going to move him, and and they're going to be trying to free that that five mil, and they're going to move a couple. Uh, JVR is going to leave the books, and then they're yeah. going to have some desperate attempt in the summer to patch some holes. And it's gonna be the same bullshit unless Chuck <laughs> Fletcher gets fired. I, that's how I feel. I, I I mean I really feel like it's just gonna be the same. Oh, like we're gonna to try to compete, get back in the mix, and then in July there's gonna be like three days in a row where we get boring ass trades back to back to back of depth fourth liners, and then we're gonna go into <laughs> the season. Oh, but Couturier's healthy, Akers is healthy, it's different, and like oh, oh connect me breakout and frost breakout, and like no, nah, dude. As better if- not. Dude. As if Cam Atkinson isn't a prime trade candidate next year. And I mean prime if he comes back healthy and the same Cam Atkinson that we remember. He, like, that's going to be a guy that I'm looking at to hopefully they get something back from uh, for. But who are the guys that you think are going to go? So it's definitely JVR. Uh, Patrick Brown's a guy that I think could get traded. Uh, obviously, pro Rob rumors. D'Angelo, we just talked about. Do you think like I don't know? Do you think they like let Braun go again <laughs> and then no. get him back in the summer? One thousand percent is. I mean, that's what I was going to get to. Braun is a lock to get traded. I mean, I mean, he's a healthy scratch right now. He's like back in and out of the lineup with Nick Sealer. Nick Sealer is a guy that I look at. I mean, Nick Sealer, we've shit on him on this pod, and rightfully so. He's not the best defenseman in the world, but he's a he's a okay extra defenseman. Like seven, six, seventh, but he's been good this year. Definitely better than Braun. So I mean, he's a guy that m- maybe a team gives up like a fifth or sixth just to have for the playoffs, just a, a body to have just in case somebody gets hurt. There are so many guys on this team that I could see not being here. I I, I could genuinely see like four or five spots tr- having to be filled after trade deadline. Like I could see that many players going. I really could. Not saying it's going to be the most exciting trades in the world, Danny, but. I do think that a couple of guys are going to get out of here. JVR is a lock, and Braun's a lock. So that's two guys right there. And then you have all the other guys that I threw out there. You know, you know they, they don't want Hayes here. Like, they will yeah. try. They will try one. to do that. I mean, whether or not they succeed, I don't know. But phone calls are going to be made, and I guarantee they're going to be playing the card. Of, oh, he was an all-star. He yeah. was an all-star. I mean, like, Who hopefully. knows? Maybe a team. Yeah, yeah, who knows? That was my one thing about that all-star thing that I was like, oh, okay, maybe. Maybe because that is something that like you could bring up and that was negative. Like he was an all star. He well, was an all star. It is Chuck on the phone, so you're right. Be weary about that because they could just turn around and be, "Hey Chuck, we don't care. We're gonna give you a fifth for this guy, and you're gonna retain fifty percent of the contract." And he's gonna be like, "No," and then he's gonna <laughs> call back the next day, and they're gonna be like, "All right, well now we're gonna give you a sixth. and he's gonna be like, "Okay." <laughs> Enjoy him because you know it's gonna be. A team that I'm thinking about for Hayes, Colorado. Um, really? I don't know if they could make it work money-wise right now. Let me see. They but have... how about everyone bending him over with the JVR thing last offseason? Like, that's hilarious. What? He, like, he showed everyone his hand with the uh... whole Goudreau, JVR, trying to clear a cap. And everyone wanted to run him for this pick now, which sadly isn't going to be top five. But still yeah. a good pick nonetheless. I mean, it's not going to be top five, but looking back on that, I'm I'm throwing the 2024 first at them and being like, if you're not taking this for JVR, then you're bluffing. Like that, if they wouldn't have taken a 2024 first round pick and JVR to take him off our books, so we can go get Johnny. I, I I don't believe it. I genuinely do not believe a team wouldn't have done that. The dude's contract was up the next year, and you were throwing a 2024 first with it. I, I don't believe that shit, dude. Well, I also like, think he threw in the towel because remember he went at the press conference. Yeah, he's a loser. We didn't, even, 
we did. He's a fucking loser, dude. And yeah, I don't know how he still has a job. I genuinely do not. And this shit is going to save him. Like, you just triggered me by saying what you said about how that's the conversation going on in the room. Because it is. That is it the is. exact fucking conversation going on in that room right now. It's and everybody knows. stud. Hart's a stud. The young players are playing well. Couturier's <laughs> back looks good. Maybe yeah. maybe next year we can. Yeah, look at Cutter Gauthier. I mean, he's coming. And like... I mean, look at Cutter Gauthier. Can we talk about Cutter Gauthier? That's a good little segue point. Seventh in the W uh, in the World Juniors. No, wait. Chris, I'm sorry. give me a day. What day am I gonna see him in Flyers <laughs> orange and black? Give me an exact day. I don't think BC makes the playoffs. I don't know if they're in a playoff spot right now, but if they do, they're not lasting long. So, end of March, like March twenty eighth, 29th, something like that, or maybe beginning of April. It's gonna be now somewhere. That's going there. to be fun. That's when you can, or at least I feel like I can watch the Flyers and and just have a ton of fun watching. Do you know what I did le- uh, today when I woke up? I genuinely thought that they lost last night's game for some weird reason, and then I quickly remembered that it was a shutout. And then certain thoughts popped into my head about this team. And I guess you can call it daydreaming as I was like getting into my car going to work, but I started to think about or trying to convince myself that maybe, maybe this team is like – Four or five points out of a playoff spot when uh. Connor comes around and and, and <laughs> don't and, do it to yourself. and Brink and Freight comes up and and I don't Couturier comes back around April and they squeak into an eighth seed and fucking make some noise with Tortorello. I, dude, I was in my car like holy shit, maybe, but I came back down to reality quickly. But yeah, do I think it would happen? Obviously not. But like, if they got themselves into that mix. I mean, like, anyone who says they wouldn't be invested is lying. I mean, like, if, if they put together a little run and let's say, like, the Penguins hold that last spot with 46, we have 39. Let's say, like, we cut it to within four. Like, yeah, obviously, I'm keeping tabs on that. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure right now we're seven points out of a playoff spot. The second wild card yeah. spot, yeah. I mean, who knows? You get hot a little bit, cut it to four. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely keeping tabs on it. <laughs> That's for sure. Definitely, but I, I guess that's just the optimism in me, Danny. You, you have to. Otherwise, you go insane. It's like, what do you watch the games for, you know? Yeah. It's like, if they're not going to tank for Bedard and they're going to win hockey games, I might as well, like, enjoy it, I See, guess. Yeah, that's where I'm at now. I, I know I'm not going to get a top three pick. I know I'm not going to get Fantilli or Carlson or Bedard. So now I'm just going to enjoy the wins when they come, enjoy the L's when they come, and then hopefully draft, like, Cristal. And, and like seventh overall, eighth overall, or Barlow, or any of these studs that I like, that are going to be there because this draft is fucking insane. But, but I was say it is it is impressive how Tortorella has gotten this team to squeak out some fucking wins because like on paper they are atrocious. Oh, it's so funny, bad. like I think they would beat last year's team, and last 1, year's team is technically better on paper, and it, it's so funny. They're beating last year's team with G on that team. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know if you meant pre G or post G team because that post G team was fucking brutal dude. Oh no no, I'm talking day 1, like the team that we had expe- a little bit of expectations for. So the team it, that came back a little bit Vancouver game 1. That 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 team. Yep. That team. Yeah, they definitely beat that team. They go into they go into their building. <laughs> they, they go, go into, into South Philly, Philly and beat them 3-1. 1000%. Swear to god. 1000%. Uh but the World Juniors, Cutter Gauthier, he did finish with four goals, six assists, ten points in seven games. He was about fifth, fourth, fifth uh, in the entire World Juniors in points. And he finished with those points, who I've seen people on Twitter call it underwhelming, which I don't understand how that is underwhelming when everybody who was invested in the World Juniors this year knew that Cutter took on a different kind of role on that line with Snuggerud and uh, Logan Cooley to give them more room. Anybody watching understood that. So the fact that he still finished with 10 points in seven games doing that is definitely not underwhelming. So I I don't understand that. Like, the the narrative that came out of that tournament on Cutter Goch is sickening to me. It's like, did we watch two, two different guys? Like, like some people would have you believe, like, they are saying he's a bust. Like, like, they yeah. were saying that. Like, his shot isn't elite. Another bust from the Flyers. Like, are you guys serious? Yeah, three. Uh, like he, two, two games in, he hit three posts. And then I posted a, a a clip of him hitting the post with a really nice shot. And they were like, 
I, I called it an elite shot. I had like 18 dudes reply to me saying it's not that elite if he has zero points and then he scored two goals the next day. It's just those kind of people that you just cannot stand. Yeah. And those are the kind of people that, that told you, like, Frost is a career AHLer and that Couturier is a career 3C. It's like... Lawton's a bust. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a joke, dude. It's like, you, you you can see how it could happen. Like, for for a while, I'm, I'm always wondering, like, why do so many people hate Frost? Like, I mean, like, he's a fun player, and, like, we could use a player like him. And bring, like, why do so many people hate him? And then I see this, and I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Like, they're not actually watching the fucking games. <laughs> do you know what I also think it is with the whole Cutter situation and how people think his World Junior is underwhelming despite him having 10 goals in seven games? I think it's the, like, the, it's the Connor Bedard effect. It's the Logan Cooley effect. Like Cooley had fourteen and seven, and Bedard had twenty three and seven. Cooley had a lot of kind of Mickey points. I will say that. Obviously, Bedard did too. There were a lot of blowout games, but Connor Gauthier had more points in the gold medal games than Connor Bedard did. I mean, if we're going to be technical here, if we're going to go through the stats and and, and really, which I'm not saying that fucking Connor Gauthier is better than Connor Bedard. It's not what I'm saying at all. But like, I these people like pickpocket stats. Like, oh, doesn't have a goal in the first three games of the preliminary rounds of the World Junior. It's he like, sucks. yeah, but, he, but he's making plays to set up his like all world yeah. line mates who were drafted them number space. three overall. I exactly. Mean, like, but then again, I could turn around and be like, okay, you're, you're going to cherry-pick that bullshit stat, then I'll cherry-pick the bullshit stat that he has more points than Bedard in the medal rounds. If you want to do that, if you want to play that game, I'm pretty sure, I'm like 98% sure that he has more points in those gold medal rounds than Bedard. So, not like obviously, Bedard was playing for gold and... Uh, Cutter was playing for for bronze, but it's just the whole it's the yeah, principle like say, of if the. We want to cherry pick, like if you yeah. guys are going to overreact over two games you didn't watch, like we can play <laughs> that game too. Sure, that that's the best, right? Like the, the the games that these people don't watch. Yeah, he goes from being like the premier talent on his on his NCAA team. He's the guy. He's the focus. He's aggressive, and then he's playing with all world high class line mates. Like you you guys expect him to just. Puck, like call for it, like be a pro, puck hog, cut to the slot, go barred out every like four times a game. Like this is not how this works, man. He played good hockey games. Oh, very. I liked good what I saw. Games. He he played, and I can't say this enough. He played a pro game in those World Juniors. He's like, a freshman. Yeah, him, Fantilli, and Leo Carlson, all three of them, which I predicted, all got better. As the games got more physical, once those gold medal games rolled around after those preliminary uh, games, that's when the games get more physical, that's when they get tighter, and that's when all three of those players came alive. Cutter plays better when he gets physical. He likes it. Fantilli's the same way, and Leo Carlson was. He's the youngest player on Sweden, and he was arguably one of their best players. Not points-wise, but... All around play wise, along the boards, down low, just driving to the net. I mean, Leo Carlson is an absolute stud. There's so many guys in this draft that are just so fun to watch. But watching those three guys get better the way they did once those games got tighter, once those games turned into like AHL and NHL kind of games, like no kind of space, quick decisions, you're going to have a guy in your face in 0.2 seconds kind of thing. It was noticeable. You knew who played in the NCAA and who didn't. Who still played in the Quebec Junior Leagues. You know what I mean? Like, it was just yeah, that like, kind what of thing. the fucking dude, dude? USA scores eight goals against Latvia, but, but but Cutter didn't have one of all. Like, like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Like, I really don't. <laughs> Did he play a good pro style game and help his line mates out? Yes, that's all I care about. Okay. Did yeah. he score two goals the next guy? Uh, the next game on the power play? <laughs> awesome. Because- because the funny thing is, like, he doesn't need to prove his shot to me. Like, no. the point of the world, that was the one thing that he didn't need to prove. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Like, he didn't need to go to the world juniors and go bar down 20 times for me to be like, huh, Cutter Gauthier has a great shot. Like, no, that's the reason we drafted him. Like, we know he has a great shot. So, oh, my God, he went goalless in two games. I don't care, dude. He's the highest rising I mean, he was the highest rising prospect of that draft. This time, right now, there's no, like, not a lot of people were talking about Cutter Gauthier going top five. And the whole reason why we drafted him was because of his shot. But it was about the raw ability, what he could become. And they projected him as probably, I mean, on their board, they probably have him as the best player in that draft. They think in two, three years, he's going to be better than anybody in that draft. And 
I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I mean, if you look at him, since he's been drafted, he's only gotten better. Even before that, even before we've been drafted, he's just, oh, okay, maybe Cutter's going to be in top 15. Okay, Cutter's now be talking about in top 10. Got picked top five. And now, I mean, he went back to Boston right after the World Juniors and had that beautiful goal. Outdoor game. Celebration. Scores, Selly with the baseball, Selly. Yeah, like this, let's keep an eye on this kid because not saying he's going to be a star. Not saying he's going to be that 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 elite number one winger that I was just talking about 40 minutes ago, but I, I think this guy is going to be a really good top six player. But yeah, just, it's, just have some patience. Yeah. For, for a city that gives up on players in record speed, this is the, this is the one time where it's just like have some patience, man. He's 18. Like we, imagine him. Imagine if like Frost like continues this and like they play together or some shit. It's fun. It's a, it's a very thing. To, it's a very fun thing to think about what Cutter Gauthier could develop could a, into, like man. what he could turn our power play into. It's just, I mean, you could put him in a lot of places. You could put him on the wall. You could put him in the bumper. You could put him behind the net. There's a ton of. Like, he's not a one dimensional kind of guy on the power play. Um, probably the kind of guy who like thrives under torts. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't know him as a person, but like he seems like a like a dude who battles, like a hard nosed, aggressive kind of dude. So like. And I'm I not gonna. Like, and I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. No, you good. I was just basically saying, like, in a system, in a system like Tortorella's, like structure, like everyone's responsible, going over Tate. Like, I think, I think he would fit well. Oh, I agree. I think he would too. And I'm also not gonna apologize for being excited about a prospect, about a fly, just because fifth overall last year, and we're supposed to like give up on him. Not get excited about him, Dan. You can't get excited about him until he. Till he proves that he's a, a ninety point player in the NHL, and even then, Danny, you have to wait for a couple of years so he consistently does it. And then finally, when he consistently does it, then you can say that he's an elite but, player. But it wasn't against the Bruins, so it don't count. <laughs> it, it was it's, it's, this. This one was against the Sharks, and the Sharks aren't that good, so it doesn't count. Even like that, like, that whole fun. that whole excuse with Provorov and the, and the Coyote. I mean, with uh, Frost and the Coyotes. Like Provorov was so bad in those games. So what's the excuse for him? <laughs> You know yeah, what I mean? It's it's so funny, man. Like it's like if Frost had zero points against the Coyotes. Yeah. Like, oh, where the fuck is Frost? Like Frost isn't doing anything, but it's like he gets oh. eight points against the Coyotes. It's like, oh, he can only score against the Coyotes. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Like, exactly. No. no, he scored against other teams. He scored against Toronto. Scored against Carolina during this stretch. It's, it's not even worth like wasting your breath about. It's it's exactly what you said. If he didn't have any goals against Arizona, it would be why can't he score against Arizona? They suck. It's you can't win with them, so you just kind of ignore them, let them talk. Yeah, and it's uh, just a weird thing to assume that like a guy has a four point night against Arizona, and like these people believe like that same guy is going to just be absolutely horseshit against like a great team. No. It's like and like he had two turnovers that led to goals in the, the Toronto yeah. game or whatever, and people were having a field day. I was like, dude, this is sad to me. This is sad to me. Like this is what a young player is, man. He has. Good games, and he has mishaps like this. But you notice the coach isn't panicking. Yep. So, I'm so glad the organization about. hasn't panicked on him. And oh, there's a reason for that. Yeah, I'm glad it's the guys with 112 followers on on, on Facebook that refuse to show their, their their face on their on their profile pic. So it, it's it's those guys. So who gives a fuck? Honestly, like if your first thought after Frost has a four point game is to go on Twitter and bash him, then I have zero words to talk to you about. Like you are not, you, I don't know how you call yourself a fan. If you see a young Flyers player develop but before your eyes and see him score eight points in two games against a certain team, and your first thing to do is go on Twitter and bash him and be like, oh, it's not against a good team, blah, 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 despite him scoring against good teams. It's just, what are you doing? Like, what is your purpose what's your goal here are you just a miserable person are you a miserable person is that it i think that's it i think i know it is because it's the same people who are giving up on cutter gochier after two world junior games (laughs) yeah where they where the whole team looked great and his line looked great but but he wasn't the guy who put the puck in the net so he can't shoot a puck hit three posts it's it's clockwork danny it's clockwork and then eventually whenever that First round pick, like we haven't had a bunch of them in prior years, but whenever that first round pick in the next coming years comes up and doesn't end up being a good player, they'll they'll get their licks in then. Oh yeah, they'll get I their almost expected at this point. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. It'll be the twenty twenty four first round pick. Here's here's something that I want to find out. Ready? Mm-hmm. So Frost in his first hundred and fifteen NHL games had two four point nights. 
What was the last flyer to have two four-point nights in his first 115 games? I would like to know that. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I, for some weird reason, Jeff Carter popped into my head, but I don't. I don't think it would be him. But yeah, I mean, like, my first thought was like Giroux, maybe. But did he? Yeah. Did he have any? I'm a not huge sure. Four point. Yeah, was, I was such. A, I was so young. I, That's something I would like to go back and look on though, because that is impressive for a guy who, going into this season, really wasn't producing in the first twenty games. Really had no confidence, no flow, yeah. to just flip a switch and like game 90 of his NHL career and game 30 of his first full stint in the NHL to just flip that switch. Like, that's impressive to me as a fan. And, like, if you don't like that, even if you were someone who doubted fraud, if you're like if you're watching this and go, you know what, I'm glad I'm proven wrong. That's what, that's that's perfectly fine. Yeah, I respect that. Yeah, like, I, I, I 100% respect that. That's the way it should be. We've just all like been when, in that position. We've all yeah, been able to I'm, sit there. That's how I've been with Konechny this year. That's how I've been with Konechny, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad. Like, it, it all comes back to this, Danny. And it's the fact that I would be glad to be wrong. And the whole thing with Konechny wasn't even me and you sitting here calling him a bad player. It was us being like, okay, you, you were really good in these years, and then you, you dipped in the next two, and now you're good again. <laughs> like... Yeah, it was always it like, was never more like, in the tank. Yeah, yeah, it was never like, you suck, you're a bad player. It was, we saw this from you when you were 21, 22, you're 24, 25 now, where is that? And now he's starting to show it a little bit again. Is he going to keep shooting at this rate? Absolutely not. Literally not sustainable. But he's going to end up with probably 60, 60 maybe 70 points. Like He is going to... He's, he's having a great year, no doubt about it. One, no doubt about it. He's awesome. He's been yeah, great. Yeah, he missed, he missed like eight games too, right? He did, yeah. I mean, he was hurt for a little bit, yep. Um, talk Hayes All-Star. We didn't talk any Hayes. We talked maybe a little bit of Hayes. Uh, yeah, man, that's a joke. I don't, know who, <laughs> I don't know who pulls the trigger on that, but I want to know what they were watching. Were they watching or was that was – that, this is what I was thinking about, ready? Yeah. He's a center – He's labeled, like, trust me, like, I know this is going to sound, he's labeled as a two-way center, PK kind of center. So were they, like, looking at his point totals and taking that into account when they made the selection? Because it makes no sense to me how he got that over Konechny when Konechny's clearly the fucking guy to see. Like, all of, yeah. half of Hayes' I would actually like to see the stat of, like, how many of Hayes' points are attributed to Travis Konechny. That's honestly a great stat to go find out. I'm sure we could some way. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, Konechny's our best skater. Like, I don't know how you can argue that Hayes is our. Like, how is Konechny not an All Star, but Hayes is? You know, I don't know how you can make that seem okay because it's not. It just doesn't make any sense. Like you said, it doesn't make any and sense. He was benched, like. And then towards comments times. is I hate that weekend. I don't give a shit about it or something like that. Was, yeah, I saw people freak. Like I saw people. Angry that's what about I mean. That too. Like he has to. He has to. Go in front of the media and 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 love the weekend and talk good about the weekend. No, you don't have to do shit if you don't like the weekend. You don't like the weekend. Like, Bro, I, that weekend, the weekend sucks. I don't watch that weekend. It I, sucks. I don't like the weekend either. Yeah, especially the game. The game is terrible. Oh, it's awful. It's, it's really bad. The skill like, competition is cool. I'll, yeah, I'll tune yeah. into that. I could do that. Yeah, but when it comes to the game, it's terrible. I mean, yeah. there's nothing else on, whatever, no hockey, like, you put it on, you watch it. Yeah, but, like, am I enjoying the product? No. no absolutely no. not. <laughs> absolutely not. But go, going back on the whole All-Star and why, I, I'm trying to sit here and think, who lets them in? Who votes on it? Do you know? I mean, I guess it's got to be some kind of, like, national writers, right? That's the only, yes, I think it's, it's national writers, I think. That's the only explanation is that those national writers just, like, looked. They voted on this while he was, like, a, a point-per-game player like, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I think, like, they saw the tweets of, like, Ryan uh, Whitney be yeah. like, oh, he's a point-per-game player. And, he's be and they're like, oh, Kevin Hayes is a point-per-game player. Like, uh, not to shit on Hayes, but, I mean, it's, it's, you're not an all-star, dude. Sorry. No, but, like, dude, it's, like, for a two-way forward, he doesn't finish checks. I mean. Yeah, that's the main I don't know one how of the he main can get reasons. that game. He and he's something. carried by Konechny. Like, a lot of his points are because Konechny did something. Yeah, I, I really do want to look into that and see if we could figure out. Like, it has to be, like, the fact that he's labeled 2A and he gets, like, penalty kill time. Yeah. And, like, 
Who the fuck knows, dude? And who gives yeah. a shit, honestly? Like I said, I will not be tuning in to that weekend. No. At all. I was always, especially with Hayes there, fuck no. I was always under the impression that it was like a fan vote, I guess. Like, I thought that was what it was back in the day, but. Yeah, like when when York and Frost make it, I'll definitely tune into that shit. Yeah. For sure. But definitely like, not. if TK had made it, maybe I watched the skills comp. Definitely watching the skills comp if TK. But Kevin it. Hayes in the skill, what is what is he doing? <laughs> he's not in there. Bro. What is he doing in he's, the skills comp? He's doing the target thing from the like from the like the front the of the target. net. Target. Yeah, that's what he's gonna be doing because he's not doing the fucking like, oh, the, the no. stick handling one. I'll not tell you that target. much. <laughs> no, I'm guessing. I don't know if that's for sure or not. <laughs> I'm guessing though. I don't know <laughs> what the fuck. What would you make him do? He he's not doing that fasting that the, <laughs> yeah, the fast doing... skater competition. Yeah, no, and he's not doing that like the saucer pass thing either. Like, you know what I he's gonna know. be doing, dude? He's gonna be handing waters out and enjoying his time there. <laughs> That's what he's gonna be doing. He's gonna be making jokes while mic'd up. Honestly, I hope he has a good time. I really do. That's another thing. Like, apparently players hate that weekend, too. I mean, I'm sure know, some like it, but... I know Ovi hates it. Yeah, as I say, Ovi <laughs> fakes an injury every year. <laughs> wait, wait, no, he generally does. He's like, yeah, I can't go, my leg hurts. And then... <laughs> and then get, t- eats a one-game suspension every time and then comes right back. Like, his his org just takes that. Like, they, they don't even give a fuck. I mean, if, if Alex Ovechkin was on the Flyers, dude, he could literally do anything like 98 percent of what he wants to do dude honestly i don't give a fuck uh that's so funny so last time we talked was december 28th so i'll go two weeks before that so we'll do to december 24th i just want to look to see if our power player or if our pk has improved any any which <laughs> uh pk let's see let's see let's see it I'm has improved well i try to take a guess the power play for sure right yeah, I mean, the PK is 12th worst in the league, but that isn't an improvement because I'm pretty sure they were, like, bottom four last time we talked. Um, power play, the best in the league. Damn, wait, is that really who the best in the league is? Montreal right now since then? Damn, Montreal. Look at Montreal. No, no, Dallas. Dallas has been the best team in the power play since December uh, 14th. The, uh, we've been the fourth worst in the league. Converting at a fifteen point two percent rate <laughs> since December fourteenth, so uh, it's been it's been bad, to say the least. I mean, the Blackhawks have been converting at a ten point five percent rate since December fourteenth. It's with, like, damn, can someone give Kane the puck? I mean, geez, that was my next comment. How the fuck do you do that with Patrick Kane on your power play? I mean, like, how do goals not bounce off a couple people on in with with him in there? You know, what the hell, it's very. It's a very weird, weird stat. Um, anything else you want to throw in, though? Anything else pop into your head? I will say I admire the Black Hawk. Like, what a tag job. I Fuck mean, that, you guys, dude. You guys really bought in, man. I tip my cap. My team can't lose as good as you. No, because they literally sucks. traded everybody away. They literally iced a shitty-ass roster knowing that everybody knew it, traded everybody away, and now they're going to get Bedard or any of these guys in the top three. I guess my question to you is, until the next episode, what do you want to see? Do you expect to keep seeing some wins? you expect uh, to see a fall back to earth? Frost continue? So we got Washington tomorrow, and then we got Washington again on Saturday. So it goes our next our next week. So say we, we hop on next, next Wednesday is the next off day. So Washington, Washington, Boston next Monday, and the Ducks next Tuesday at home. So those are four games. Uh, one win, I'm 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 gonna guess one or two wins. I don't think they're gonna beat Boston. Yeah, definitely not beating Boston. Boston's in Boston that game, so definitely not winning that. Boston uh, hasn't lost in so long. I feel like yeah, they're they literally make me sick, Danny. I I, I don't even want to talk about them because I'm gonna get mad. Um, but I think they might win one of the Washington games, the Wednesday Saturday. Something about Washington, we always say it. Yeah. We always say it. They play them well every time. So maybe two wins by the time we come back and, and talk uh, on the 18th. Uh, but, I mean, I just want to see more of the same. I want to see more of these young players taking steps. Frost, York, Tippett, Cates, all those Erson. guys. Urson. Uh, I'm sure he'll get at least two starts by the time we talk next week. If he doesn't go back, we'll see what ha- plays out with that situation. We talked about that earlier uh, between him and Sandstrom. But, yeah, just more of the same. Young guys, Frost. York, 
keep improving. TK, I would like to see if he can see, keep shooting at a 20% rate, which he's not going to, but uh, it's fun to watch right now. But what's just crazy to me is, like, if you look at his game log, it's like 2-2-3-2-2-1-2. Two, 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 two. It's, it's like, damn. Damn, what a streak. What is, wanna, yeah, I know, dude. He's like, been, you look at his game log, he's on such a heater, dude. It's insane. Crazy. It's literally fucking insane right now. Like, he can't miss the net. It's nuts. It's nice to see, though. Like, how many times have we bitched about him hitting glass? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> we always knew the assists were there. Like, he got two last game. I'd love to see Carter Hart get a nice, like, one one game. I mean, one save. I'm sorry. I keep fucking that up. One goal allowed win. That would be nice. I would like... A, dude, when was the last time Carter Hart got a shutout? I don't know. I could not tell you. Definitely has, not this he- year. He has three career shutouts. Yeah, he and doesn't have a lot. He always gives up a goal. So many, yeah, he has so many one-goal games. Though, that's the thing. Yeah. But, yeah, so he has, going back the last three years, he had one shutout a year. But he doesn't have one this year. Damn. Damn. I mean, he Carter Hart always does what Urson did against the Ducks. Let up a goal, like, 30 seconds left in the third. When you're right, right before you're about to get a shutout. That's what he always consistently mm-hmm. does. And that's why you don't see a lot of shutouts with him. But he's still he's, he's so like, so good though. He lets up two, heart, and then like the team gets one back to make it a two one game, and then he's locked down. Yeah, I know. Like right? he's that kind of player. <laughs> and then you gotta lock everything down. But I do hope they 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 win a couple before we come back here. I know a lot of people out there don't, but, but I don't yeah, know. I don't see them losing like, the Ducks. It's kind of a stretch of games here. Where like like we said that we have no playoff expectation. We don't think they're going to be in the playoffs. But like if they come out this next week, and they're impressive, they come out hot. Like I don't know, man. Next episode might be a little excitement there. Let me say this before we close it out. Next episode might be interesting. If they take three or four next time we talk, then I'm gonna hop on here and be like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, but we might have to talk about potentially sneaking into an eighth seed. And even if we don't, like, even just being in that mix with the players that we have injured, the amount of, like, dead cap that we have on the team, like, the players that are producing are cheap for the most part. And, um, like, that, that's a good story. That's something you can hang on to at least. It's definitely something, that, especially with Torts and how he can drag teams kind of thing. I agree. We'll see. We'll see. It should be fun. I'm looking forward to the next week and how. Yeah, it's like, pick a things. side. This week for me is, like, pick a side. Yeah. Either fucking lose or go out there and win some games and win me. Yeah. Get me on board. Great, great point. But sh- like, show me, are you going to be a team that loses one, I mean, that wins one game out of, out of every four? Or like, are you going to actually push for something? Like, should I get the least bit excited that you're going to show me something? You know what I mean? That's what this week is for for me. All right. That was episode 90. Of the Liberty L, follow us on all socials at the Liberty L. Follow me at Tly Danny on Twitter, Chris at Chris Stumps, and go floor.